Good morning, everyone. Thank you, team, for that wonderful welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you, worship team, for that wonderful time of praise and worship. Uh, it's been a it's been a while uh, since I met you, uh, and we last met on our Easter online service where we celebrated Easter together. You know, we celebrated Easter because of what Christ did for us on the cross. He paid the price to give us a victory, an undeserving victory, a victory that comes only by and through the power of Jesus' resurrection, a victory that is meant for us every day of our lives to exhibit, to reveal the power of Jesus' resurrection. Just as we celebrated Easter by reading from a portion of the Scripture that narrates uh, Jesus' purpose, His ministry on earth, I also would like to share this morning's passage this morning's sharing from a portion of the scripture uh, that narrates the beginning of his ministry on earth. If you have your Bible with uh, you, uh, can I just ask you to turn to the book of John? We will be reading from uh, chapter 2 onwards. Reading from uh, the book of John, chapter 2, uh, verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water and that they had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the broom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Shall we open this time with just a word of prayer? Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we have this time that we can just gather together, uh, abidely being online. But, Lord, we believe that your presence is even there right now with us. And so, Lord, this morning, we just open up ourselves to you, being vulnerable to you, our hearts, our minds. We surrender to you. We surrender to your presence. We rest in your presence this morning. Lord, we pray that even as uh, we listen to your word, even we take what your word has for us, that Lord, that we will not leave this online service being the same person, but being transformed by the power of your resurrection. We thank you, Lord, all this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I have titled my message as Obey and See God's Supernatural. Obey and See God's Supernatural. Before we begin, I just want to give us a rough idea of what was going on just prior to this chapter. And so that will be in chapter 1. So the chapter begins with a declaration by the author of the book, by John, uh, where he declares that in the beginning of all time, the Word was with God. There was the Word, 
and the Word was God. And he goes on his narration by explaining that the Word was Jesus Christ, that He became flesh and came to dwell among us on earth, just as we have heard on our online Easter service. In fulfilling His purpose on earth, to His glory, He also made room for us, that we may also share in His glory, that we may also experience His glory through His supernatural work. And so it comes towards the end of the chapter where we read and see that Jesus meets his first few disciples. There was Andrew, Simon, Philip, and Nathaniel. And right at the end of that chapter, we see the, how Nathaniel comes to meet and encounter Jesus. You know, Philip, who first met Jesus, encountered him, and came to believe and choose to follow Jesus as his disciples, Philip went and found Nathaniel and he shared about Jesus to him. Although Nathaniel was at first skeptical, Nathaniel still went and met Jesus. And so when Jesus finally met Nathaniel, Jesus told Nathaniel, I saw you standing under that fig tree when Philip came and approached you. Having heard that, Nathaniel believed and declared that Jesus, you are the Messiah. And because of that, Jesus replied, and, and that chapter ended with that reply. Because you believe, and because from that place of belief where you will be obedient and that you will act out from that place, you will see greater things than this. You will see greater supernatural act of God. And so then we come into the portion of our scripture for this morning uh, where we started off by uh, we are in a wedding. Right, uh, Jesus, along with his mother and his disciples, they were invited to a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And so happened, Cana is Nathaniel's hometown. Um, and so the, the, the story started with this, the narration started with this, that is right at this moment, uh, Jesus' mother came and approached him and brought a news regarding the wedding to him. We have no more wine. The wedding has no more wine. They have run out of wine. Just to give us a little context here, the Jewish traditional wedding ceremony at that time is very much different uh, from the types of weddings that we have currently at our time now. Um, our, our, normally, our church wedding uh, ceremonies would end within the day itself. Uh, we would have our customary journey where we head over to the bride's house, we pick her up. Uh, together, uh, the groom and the bride, they would then head over to church you know, uh, for the wedding ceremony where we will have the solemnization ceremony, we will have the exchange of the vows and the rings before God and man. You know, there will be a lot of effort put into the rehearsals, the decors to ensure that everything runs smoothly, uh, all to welcome the guests. On that day itself, you know, there will be an electrifying feeling in the atmosphere, all in anticipation, all waiting, making sure that, you know, all goes well. And sometimes, you know, uh, certain uh, wedding ceremonies, they will end with either a luncheon or, you know, a dinner at the end of the day, and that would pretty much be the entire wedding day. At that time, uh, back at that time in, this, uh, in the scripture here, in this narration that we are reading, the Jewish wedding ceremony would actually stretch across a few days. This is because uh, family members, relatives, close friends, they're all coming in from all across the country, across the, uh, Israel. And at that time, there's no grab car. 
there's no Air Asia to fly us in. And so the wedding ceremony has to cater for that. You know, there will be uh, family members who will probably arrive just a day before or even on that day itself. There will be family members, relatives or close friends who will arrive a few days later. And they have to cater for them. And that's why the ceremony stretches for so long. And in order to cater for them, they have to make sure that the supply of wine for that, for that wedding ceremony would last for the entire time. And so, it is here now we see that Jesus' mother, she comes with a bad news regarding the wedding. The wine has run out. There is a possibility that there is a few more days of going on. And because she knows this detail, it tells us, it indicates to us that Jesus and his mother, Mary, they are probably uh, relatives to this family where one of their children is getting married. Or probably they are close friends, very close friends to uh, this family. Can you imagine the havoc or the embarrassment that might happen if this news were to leak out? Can you imagine the anxiety, the fear, the panic for all those that are behind the scenes that are helping to run this uh, wedding and, and managing it? How would they be feeling? And here comes Jesus' mother uh, bringing this news uh, to him. And Jesus replied her, What does this have to do with me? In a very gentle way, he says, Woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. To which she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. You know, uh, this is just a narration of the entire incident uh, by John. And so we would not really have the actual, uh, we wouldn't know the actual conversation that takes place. And so allow me, I just want to dramatize a little bit for us here. So it's just my words here. All right. So I'm just trying to put it in the conversation, how it might really look like for us. All right. So just bear with me for a while as I dramatize this for us. A boy, a boy. There's no more wine already. We are in big trouble. Family name is at stake. The family honour is on the line. How are? Uh? Still got a few days to go. And still got more gases coming. What are we going to do? No shop around to buy. No village grocer. No other grocers for us to go and buy the wine. And then Jesus replied, What does that have to do with me? You know, like, you know when, like as usual, like any other child, when our parents ask us to do something, we will reply, So? So? So Jesus replied, Ama, mother, or in a very gentle way, woman, why do you involve me? It is not my time yet. My time has not yet come. You see, when Jesus said this, he is actually speaking of the great exchange that he is going to do on the cross for us that we heard during Easter. The great exchange which pays the price for us once and for all. And yet, Jesus' mother's reply was to the servants, and she said this, Do whatever he tells you. It is right at this moment we see an exchange taking place. An exchange that is of a different form, but the source, the source is still the same, Jesus Christ. And so we come to my first point of the day. And my first point for today is invite Jesus into your situation and see God's supernatural. Invite Jesus into your situation and see God's supernatural. You know, there's a beautiful wedding taking place. That was a setting for us. And yet, behind the scene, there was a potential situation that might turn that wedding into a catastrophe. 
But among all the people who knows of this detail, there was only one person who recognised that this situation requires the supernatural to get out of it. There was only one person who recognises that there is only one man who can bring about this supernatural, who can bring about this miracle and get them out of it. This person is Mary, Jesus' mother, who held dear to her heart all the things that she has heard about her son, Jesus. And that she knew deep within her heart that he is the Messiah, the promised Saviour. He is not just the High King that will come and redeem Israel, but she knows He is God, born in flesh to rescue all of mankind. Jesus is God who is able to do the supernatural, who is able to bring the miracle into our situation. My friends, look at it this way. If Jesus was not invited to that wedding, till today, that wedding will still not have any wine. Till today, that family would still be embarrassed. You know, but because of one person, one person who is not even a part of the immediate family that is involved in the wedding, she invited Jesus into the situation of that family. Because she invited Jesus into the situation, because she brought the needs of the family to his attention, only there was a divine intervention. Only there was an encounter with his supernatural breakthrough for their situation. She brought it immediately to Jesus right at the beginning. She didn't try to gather the servants gather some of the uh, other family members and try to work out a plan to formulate an idea, you know, to see, you know, what can we do to salvage the situation? She didn't, you know, go and put it to action, whatever they come up to plan, and then try to work it out with their own ability, with their own understanding, with their own resources. And when it still failed, then only brought to Jesus. No. She brought it to Jesus right at the beginning. For us to really understand the exchange that was taking place here because of the invitation. We have to see and understand the magnitude that is actually happening here, the magnitude of that exchange. There was no wine. There was a potential loss of honour for the family. And here's the exchange. There was an abundance of wine. You know, the scripture tells us that there is six stone jars worth of wine. You know, if we're able to calculate it out, there's potentially 120 to about 180 gallons of fine wine. I did some research, about 180 gallons. That would probably, probably fill up to one-third and an Olympic-sized pool. You have that much of red wine for the wedding. There was an abundance of it. Not only was there wine, again, there was an abundance of it. From a potential loss of honour, there is now a restoration of honour because wine is now there again. It doesn't end there. Not only was there a restoration of honour, there is now more honour given because the wine that was served is in fact the best wine to be served. For us, for us some of us today, we might have a personal need. Maybe it is a situation that is going to take place tomorrow when we get back to work. 
maybe it is a situation that is waiting for us when we get back to our classes virtually or physically. You know, it's, it's a situation that is going to wait there for us, a problem. It could be our presentation, our assignment, favour with our bosses, our colleagues, favours with our clients, favours with our classmates. Perhaps there's a homework that you have not finished, a particular task that is just too big to be done. Perhaps maybe it's in that journey of just going to work or going to class where we will meet a particular situation. Maybe the need is not just for us, very personally, not for us, but it's for our families. Someone at home is down with a very bad health situation and we are not only in need of a financial rescue, but we are also in need of a health restoration. Maybe along that week, we will meet a neighbour who's going to come and be willing to tell us of their situation, willing to share to us. It could be our colleague, it could be our classmate, our friends, the person that we meet at tuition, online or physical. It could even be the person that you sit next to on a public transport. Someone that we randomly meet. It could even be the guard when on our way home who shares with us. Yes, maybe they don't know who Jesus is, but we do. We know that we can invite Jesus into our, into our situation and we can do that for them. We can invite Jesus into their situation on behalf of them and pray together with them. My friends, the bride and groom had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. They had no idea what was going on behind their wedding. Yet, they are the ones who receive that supernatural act of God. Their wedding received that because of one woman's action. Today, perhaps maybe you could be that one person who can invite Jesus not only into your situation, not only into your family situation, but even into the situation of those who will come and approach you and share with you. Maybe just take some time here for us just to reflect. What could be stopping us from doing that for those around us? My second point for this morning is obey like the servants and see God's supernatural taking place. Obey like the servants and see God's supernatural taking place. You know, from John's narration, uh, the manner, the conversation uh, from Jesus to his mother and then to the servants, it ended very abruptly. You know, the, the, the conversation was initially between a mother and a son. And then suddenly, the spotlight was put onto the servants. And even to make it even more glaring, there was an instruction left for the servants that allowed no questions, that allowed no speculations, that allowed no manoeuvring for it. The only time, you know, that I could relate to the moment like this is when I received instructions from my parents. Very specific instructions for very specific things to be done. For example, laundry. 
wash the clothes, put in the white clothes separate from the others so that the colours do not bleed and stain it. Very specific instructions. Maybe sometimes when we help with uh, the minor cooking, you know, there will be a very specific instruction on how to mash the yam, to make it smooth, to make it fine before we put it in to steam it to become a yam cake. Because if it doesn't become nice, then it's all your fault, I think. There is an understanding here. You know, over the years of living with my parents under their roof, you know, whatever they tend to say is right. And whatever instruction they give, the outcome will become right. You know, everything will turn out well. And so because of that, I can safely, securely, assuredly put my trust in their instructions because I know whatever they say is right and whatever result that will come out of it will turn out well. But in this situation, we don't see that similar dynamic between Jesus and the servants. For all we know, that's probably the first time the servants met Jesus. And probably there's another scenario here is that these servants were hired part-time. They were a part-time help just to help to run uh, this wedding just for this day or, or for this period of time. There is a lot, there is a lot here to be asked of them. There is no reason, there is no foundation for the servants to put their trust in what Jesus is going to ask them to do. And whatever He is going to ask them to do, it's going to take a lot of trust from them to do it. Just let me to put it into context here for you. All right? The instruction was this. There were six stone water jars that were meant to store water for ceremonial washing. And during that time, um, the law of Moses uh, tells the, the Jews that before they eat a meal, they are to go to the ceremonial uh, water jars, all right, to take the water to wash their hands, to wash the plates, the bowls that they're going to use to it. If they were to come back home from outside, right, they will find these water jars at the courtyard where they are to take the water to wash their feet, to cleanse themselves. Perhaps, you know, when they were outside of the house, you know, they would have touched something or their clothes would have to come in contact with something that would have soiled them. They are to take this water and to wash themselves. And sometimes, they might just have to dip everything into that jar just to wash it. Back at that time, there was already SOP, right? And so, this is all very much for hygienic purposes. And so, we can imagine the content of these water jars, they're pretty dirty and they are contaminated. And now, when they put water into it, you surely wouldn't want to drink it. And so this was the instruction that Jesus gave them, the first set of instruction, fill those jars with water. And so I think uh, if I'm the servant, haven't heard the instruction, um, okay, there's no potential harm, just fill the jars, all right? Maybe it's running out, so fill it. Um, and so the servants did do it, they filled the jars and they filled it to the brim. Now came, the next set of instruction. Now draw some out, draw some of the water out and take it to the master of banquet. You know, the master of banquet uh, is like our MC today. The master of banquet is the person who's in charge of the event of that day to make sure and direct the flow goes smoothly and well. Everything goes well. So he's pretty much one of the main figure of the event, other than, of course, the couple and the families that are involved, the immediate families that are involved for the wedding. 
And now the servants are told, hey, take some of the water from the ceremonial water jar and serve it to him. Can you imagine what is actually running through the servant's mind? They did do it, but can you imagine what will actually be running through their mind? The instruction is absurd. Now you are asking me to take water to the master of banquet when I now have to serve water because there is no more wine. And not only that, the water that I'm going to serve him is contaminated water. This is like a double whammy for going down. Sure, a lose-lose situation. What would this cost me? I'm sure that would be the first question that will pop up into the head of the servants as they do this. What would this cost me? Would this cost me my job? Full-time or part-time? Would it cost me my income? The income that will affect my livelihood. The income that I will need to pay things for. The income that I will need to buy things for my household. The income where my family is counting on for. What would happen to my resume and my reputation? I serve contaminated water. No one's going to hire me anymore in this line. No one's going to trust me anymore. No one's going to step and stand on my side anymore because I have done something so terrible that might make everyone sick. I served contaminated water. And yet beyond all those thoughts, the servants obeyed and they paid the price. And in paying that price, in obedience, this is the price they paid. They put their jobs on the line. Their ability to solve the situation. Their mortal understanding of what is actually going on. They can't understand it. The instruction is just too absurd. Doesn't make sense. But they put it on the line. In obedience, they put to death their pride of how people might look at them, how people might conceive them, how people, you know, when the next time interview them, might question, hey, what is this that you have done before? How it would be like, because they did something totally opposite of what everyone would normally do. You know, and what's the result of paying that price for them? The result of paying the price for these servants is this. They received an encounter. You know, because no one knew what was going on behind the scenes. No one knew what was going on behind the scenes, probably except, you know, of course, the servants, Jesus, and probably the disciples that was there with him. No one else knew what was going on behind the scenes. But this was the result that when they paid that price for obedience, this is what they got. They encountered the miracle. They encountered the supernatural act of Jesus turning water into wine. The contaminated water from the cleaning jar was turned into the best wine to be served at the wedding ceremony. When Jesus steps into our situation and compels us with His divine mercy, when He compels us to do something, our response should be like the servants, to obey. You know, I came across this uh, quote uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I just want to share it with us. Obedience is not measured by our ability to obey laws and principles. Obedience is measured by our response to God's voice. 
Just let me read this one more time for us. Obedience is not measured by our ability to obey laws and principles. Obedience is measured by our response to God. It is not so much about doing it, but with a half-hearted heart. It is not so much about doing it with a full-hearted heart, but only halfway and not all the way to the end. The servants did it. They brought the water. They drew the water with a full-hearted intention in their heart. They brought it all the way to the master of banquet. And I believe this is one more thing. They have an expectation of a miracle in their heart. And because of this, I believe that's why Jesus intervened in their situation. It is because of that that the supernatural take place. And because of that, He, Jesus, revealed His glory for them to encounter. My friends, I, this morning I would like to just close uh, with this reflection. It's quite a personal one. You know, um, April is always at this time of the year, April. Um, they always bring me back to a season uh, when we were in 2016. It was in this season where uh, God came and encountered us as a whole in YM. And God came and visited YM with a wave of revival. And I will always remember this season because of what God allowed me to encounter. It was in this season where I had, um, I had a deep unforgiveness in my heart. And mainly the person uh, that I had huge unforgiveness for is my father. You know, and, and, and God was dealing it with me and, and He was being very real with me. And it was during this season where I, I received an impression uh, from God. And I, and I wrote this down. That this was the impression I had from God. You are asking for more of me in your life. And, one, and I want to give more of me to you. But there is something in there that is taking up room and I can't fill you up to the brim with myself. That is the unforgiveness that you are carrying within you. You know, I really tussled with this. I really fought this. You know, I, I, I questioned, maybe it is not this unforgiveness. Maybe it's something else. Maybe there's something else going on in my life that is stopping me from allowing God to just feel more of Himself in my life. I really tussled with it. I really argued, I debated instead of obeying. You know, and finally, after taking some time to, to process together with Pastor Anand, I still remember this very vividly. It was on that morning itself. Uh, it was in church. I just walked up to my dad and I gave him a hug. I've never hugged my dad before. I hugged him. I apologised. And I asked for his forgiveness because of all the unforgiveness that I had against him in my heart that didn't allow me to honour him as my father. On that day, when I invited God into my situation, when I brought my needs to His attention, Jesus stepped in and intervened in my relationship with my parents. He turned water into wine. 
you know, I thought that, you know, two years ago when my dad did all the things, he really blessed me and, and, and for my wedding, you know, and all the things that he has done for me, I thought that was the supernatural encounter. I thought that was the miracle that's coming from that water being turned into wine. But this year, God is still showing me that the encounter is not done yet and the best wine is still being served. It is being served now. Because of an act of obedience five years ago, just this past week, I am still drawing the blessing of this miracle. Today, the person that is most excited about my new house, excited about my renovation and the things to put in my new house, is my father. No joke. To the extent that he took my house key, he went and checked the defects there, he brought other people right, to go and get quotation to see what kind of renovation work to do. And all this is without me asking. That restoration there, that change of water into wine. Upon invitation, Jesus stepped into my relationship situation and intervened for me. In obedience to His instruction, Jesus has turned water into wine for me. Today, in your families, you may have your own needs. I had a need for my family relationship. Today for you, in your families, you may have your own needs. It could be needs of relationship between you and your parents between you and your siblings. It could be a need for finance. It could be a need for health. It could be a need because we are not sure because of the finance situation, can education still go on? We are not sure next month, I'll be still able to buy grocery and put food on the table. We are not sure next month, I'll be still able to pay the rent for our house, to pay the mortgage, to pay the bank loan for next month. Perhaps that's what you're going through. You have your own needs. Tomorrow, when you go back to work, perhaps you, need, you have a need there. Perhaps the department's going through some restructuring and you're not sure, hey, am I the next person to be cut? Perhaps, you know, you know things have not been going well in the department. Favour has not been there for you. Favour with your bosses, favours with your colleagues, favours with the clients. You are not been getting favour. Perhaps you have a need there at your work. Tomorrow, some of us are going back to school, classes, online or physically. Perhaps we have a need there. Need for a friendship. We're all alone there. A need for just understanding what is being taught in class. A need that, you know, that things will just go well, that even as I step into my school grounds or my college grounds, my uni grounds, even as I step into that virtual classroom, that there will be favour, not only from men, but from God as well. Perhaps later in the week, you might just meet someone who's going to share that situation with you. And there is a need that they are going to share it with you. But be it, is it for your family, for yourself, 
for your friend or for your colleague, you know this. You know this, that Jesus can step into your situation, into their situation and intervene for you. Perhaps for some of us today, you have already invited Jesus into your situation. And Jesus is already revealing to you that in some aspect of your lifestyle, you have to surrender it to Him. Maybe He has given you a very specific instruction to do. And you are there right now at this juncture. And you might think, God, whatever you're asking of me, it is something that's unworthy to be presented to you. It is something that is so ordinary that I don't dare to present it to you. It is something that is so contaminated and unworthy that I cannot dare to bring it before you. But my friends, He can. Jesus can take it. He has done it already and He will do it again today for you. He has turned water into wine and He can do it for you today. He can do it in you today and He can do it through you today, my friends. He can do that for you. Perhaps for some of us today, we are in the process of being obedient. You know, of bringing that cup of water to that master banquet. But along the way, you know, doubts and fears and second thoughts, you know, of, you know, how would people actually perceive this? You know, everyone's going that direction. Everyone's doing it that way. But I am doing it this way because of what Jesus is asking me to do. And you are at that juncture where sometimes, you know, you just look behind your shoulder and say, should I go there? Am I losing out on something? Perhaps that is where you are right now. And that feeling of giving up and that feeling of doubting in and feeling of, you know, maybe let's trust less on God and let's trust more on my ability and try out my way. I still can do maybe 50% of what God wants me to do and 50% of what I want to do. 60-40, lah. still got to do what? 10% still got to do. Perhaps maybe you are at this juncture right now. YM, how about for us? Yeah, that's a whole YM. We were born from God. We were purposed by God that in every day of our life that we will know Him more. That in every day of our lives we are purposed by Him to make Him known. Let me repeat this. We have been purposed by God that in every day of our life we will know more of Him. We have been purposed in our life that in every day we are to make Him known. And how does that look like for us, Wham? That we have to spend more time with His Word. That we have to spend more time talking to Him in prayer. Spend more time just being in His presence, resting in His presence, hearing why He is directing us in the next step of our life. Because that is the only way we can know more and more of Him. And because of that, knowing more and more of Him, 
knowing more of His heart, more of His desire, not just for us, but for all of those around us. He has also purposed it in our us that we are to make Him known to everyone every day of our lives. What could possibly be challenging us from obeying Him? Time. Definitely it's going to be time. That we need to set time aside for Him. That we need to set time aside to spend with His Word. To just be in His presence. To just set time aside. God, I just want to hear from You. God, I just want to spend time and just to unload the worries and concerns of my heart to You. That God, I just want to spend time and just dialogue with You. The lover of my soul. The one who has made me. My creator. The one who holds the universe in His palm. Perhaps that challenge for us is not willing to make new friends. You know, the, the, I've always learned that the simplest way of showing kindness, of being good to another person, is a very simple way. And you can start off with this. How is your day? I just need to ask that question. How is your day? I acknowledge you. You are a person, you are my friend. And I would like to know how's your day. And that would already open the door for us. That would already open the door, the pathway for us to enter into their situation. And because when we enter into a situation, we can bring Jesus along into that situation for them. You know, this is the purpose that God has given us. YM, as a whole, this is His purpose for us. And so why do we need to do this? Why we need to obey? Why when He compels us to do this? Why we should do it? It is from Him. The one who loves us with all of Himself. The one who loves us like what Tim said just now who loves us so much that He's willing to give of Himself. He gave everything just for us. And in response, perhaps this morning, we can just take some time just to reflect. Hey, if this is what God has been asking us as YM as a whole to do every day, to know Him more, to know more of Him every day, and to make Him known every day, where are we in this? Where are we in this? And whether is it that, you know, at home, in your families, for yourself, you have a need. Or perhaps you are, you know, at that juncture where you have a struggle, you have a challenge, you know, to just obeying Him and going all the way because of the doubts and the second thoughts that are coming in, that fear of worries of how people might perceive you. And even if you are just a member of YM today, perhaps this word for you this morning is this. 
remain obedient to it. Whatever He is instructing you, remain obedient to it. Because you will see God's supernatural at the end of the waiting. You will see God's supernatural at the end of the waiting. Till today, five years later, six years coming up to six years, I am seeing God's supernatural act because of His intervention in my situation. But that is the promise. If He has promised it, He will sure bring it to pass. And this is what God is telling us. Remain to it. Remain obedient to it. Obey me in this. And you will see my supernatural take place in it. Not because we are doing this, because we are chasing or we are pursuing for an encounter or for the encounter. No, no, no. We are doing it is because of the God who will bring the encounter to pass. We are doing this because we know of this God who is able to bring it to pass, who is supernatural and can do things that no other man 